Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm an entrepreneur and business mentor bringing you fun and thought-provoking conversations around money, wellness, business, life, and personal development. This is the space where humor meets depth and no topic is off limits. Let's fuck shit up. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm so excited. We've got another really juicy guest episode today and it's a very, very special guest, the beautiful Bianca from Brandette. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This one feels extra special because I just want to give you guys a bit of background context. So Bianca is one of my OG clients. She actually started out as a personal training client and then moved with me online when I was kind of doing like health and mindset. She's been in one of my business masterminds. She's been at my retreat. She's going to my event. She's very, very immersed in my world and I'm just so happy to be doing a podcast with you today. I'm so excited. And I heard someone use the term once, um, stuck to the bottom of your shoe like gum. And I'm like, that's me with you. <laughs> I've been in like all the things. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so cool. And I think what's really cool is because we've had such a long-term relationship, I've kind of seen and really witnessed your journey as well. Before I was in the business space, before you even had Brandette, I was a personal trainer and I was witnessing you dabble in different businesses and kind of starting things and changing things. And so I've really seen that journey. But before we get into that, I want to come back to that piece as well. I would love for you to just share uh, with everyone who you are and what it is that you do. Okay, so I am Bianca. I am a multi-passionate creative. Um, my business is Brandette. And if you can't tell by the name, um, I cover everything really to do with brand. So I help online entrepreneurs not only build a an online business, but a big online brand. So this is through design, coaching, mentorship, brand strategy, education, all of the things. And everything is through the lens of brand. Mm, I love this so much. And I want to definitely open up a brand conversation today. But even before we get there, coming back to what I was just speaking to, how I kind of witnessed you, you know, doing a lot of things. And I feel like you're a little bit of a jack of all trades in some level. And that's the multi-passionate part of you. Can you share with us a little bit of your journey of what kind of led you to brand debt? And I know you've tried some things, some things successful, some things you never ended up fully deciding to move forward with, like you actually had a change of heart. Um, and ultimately, what then made you go brand debt's the thing I'm going to fully send it with? Mm, this is such a big journey. So for context, I'm 34. And when I was 11 or 12, I actually decided that I wanted to learn website coding. So this was like in 2000 or 2001. Um, it wasn't offered by my school. My auntie had left me a coding book. She was graduating high school and I actually taught myself how to code websites. I don't know if you remember like those drag and drop little pixelated dolls, you could dress them and pick yes. their boyfriend and stuff. That's like what I started doing back then. And that transitioned into me really diving into tech um, my space became a thing. I was kind of ahead of the curve when it wasn't really offered to a young student at high school to be able to learn these things. So I just kind of started there. I was designing for my, my friends' MySpace pages. I was designing for bands. I was doing their merch. I was launching my own websites. So I had a website that showed all of like the local gigs in, in uh, Melbourne. Um, and from there, I just kind of kept doing and learning and throwing myself in the deep end. I was studying fashion at the same time, but I ended up wagging my fashion classes because it was like the theory of cotton and I just couldn't handle the theory of cotton class. So I, I ended up wagging and, and hanging out in the media room and learning the design software. So you're kind of seeing the thread here. I would just kind of throw myself in and learn. Mm. Um, 
yeah, at the same time, I was learning a lot from my parents and my mum in media. She had a magazine that she was taking online, kind of ahead of the big transition of magazines going online. So I helped her there and I just threw myself in and kept learning along the way. And probably one of my most recent businesses was when I, or my bigger ones was when I started diving into e-commerce. So this was in 2014 or 15, where I kind of wanted to start a brand that was what I can kind of now see is like, was a very like a niche brand. It was very much that Disney princess, but like badass kind of vibes. Mm. And I remember printing this muscle tee. It said, I'm a fucking unicorn. And it kind of blew up on Instagram, which was really cool to witness. And I remember my, my screen printers being like, where are you selling all of these? And I'm like, Instagram. And they just couldn't believe that I was like selling so many t-shirts that said I'm a fucking unicorn on them. So I grew that brand. It grew to almost 20,000 followers in a very short amount of time. But I had the problem of we wanted to travel. What was I going to do? There was no, at the time, like third-party logistics where you could store your your merch and have them ship and send for you. So I made the biggest mistake of my life at the time, which was to close the brand down and which was a catalyst for why I do brand it now because what I didn't realize was people weren't just there for the brand. They were there for me. Mm. They were there. I had the like a hardcore audience where I had brought so much personality through my brand But what I'd also built was a personal brand, which I didn't, there was no language around this at the time. So I kind of, I went through a bit after that of having shut it down and and wishing that I hadn't, a bit of like definitely mindset stuff that I had to work through. And from then I fell pregnant with my first daughter, Willow, and I thought I want to do some more brands. And I was kind of dabbling with what that was going to be. At the same time, I had online websites that were earning income, very much trying all the different avenues and things like that. Brandette really came because I was doing a lot of faceless brands. But in 2019, which is when we met, I knew that I could just feel that there was a shift in the way things were happening where it wasn't going to be so much the faceless brand anymore. It was going to be the rise of the personal brand. And it's funny because like when I went to like find a personal trainer, I remember Googling personal trainer Mornington Peninsula, but I didn't just want to find a personal trainer. I wanted to find someone who, who I wanted to start surrounding myself with people who kind of got this online world, this online space, mm. and we're, going, we're doing big things. It was just that energy of wanting to be the people that I invested in. I wanted to be doing the things and me immersing myself in that world and growing my connections. So I came across you and I saw you had Nourished in 90 and you were a PT and you had your Instagram going and there was all the things happening. I was like, yes, she's the one. And then obviously I, I booked you from there. But then what kind of happened was I didn't launch my coaching business. I wanted to do something in this space to teach personal brands, but I realized I actually had to become the personal brand first. No one was going to actually learn from me if I didn't first build a personal brand and become the evidence of what was possible. So I guess I kind of throughout the pandemic and everything, I watched you continue on and persevere and keep growing. And just your story to me is just so amazing. Like I've, I've known you for five years now and just to see you from 2019 in the gym to where you are now has been so inspiring. And I knew that it was time for me to to do the thing that I wanted to do and to, to really see what my potential was made of. And at the same time, I knew that personal brands weren't going anywhere. I'm brand obsessed. So I kind of landed in that brand it was going to be the thing that I did. But at the same time, I'd done a lot of mindset work at the same time to kind of support myself. And this is where I love that you kind of, you went first in coaching, like, and you became a leader because I got to learn all the mindset things from you and implement that into my business so that I could work through the visibility blocks so I could do all the things and launch brand at. So that's kind of like where, where I'm here. 
I love all of that because I just know anyone that's listening right now just saw who you are as a human. Like, yes, they saw the multi-passionate, but they also saw the person that's willing to just like go and go and go. And like, I have never seen you play in like a failure frequency or, I mean, while there may be things that you um, denied or had disappointment, it's just you very uh, much are like that that trailblazer, that um, innovator, that leader energy where you're always willing to go go first. And I think that's been so beautiful now that you've really anchored into Brandette. You're now getting to do that within your own business in terms of with your creation and innovation and always willing to try things that are maybe outside the norm for a lot of um, other people in the industry, which is really cool. Something I would love to ask you about is you kind of mentioned that you wanted to focus on the mindset and in going to into the business. So I'd be curious, how do you feel that working on your mindset has impacted your business rather than just focusing on the strategy and the action? Yeah. So this is such a big answer. And I like I don't personally coach mindset, but mindset has been the reason why I've been able to build my business like this. And not only what it is, but what I know is kind of like building what it's what's coming for it so it's like how can you build well you can but like for me it's like how could I build a business and a brand that's a full expression of me if I haven't worked on the underlying elements my mindset and the blocks that I kind of had at the start around um, visibility there was shame that I kind of held on to about failed businesses and things like that and while I never let that stop me I also knew that it was something that I kind of had to work through as well so I feel like mindset for me it's a lot of it is to do with building resilience. And this is where I've, I've got so much of that from your world because in the past, yes, I've been multi-passionate and creative and I could launch a killer brand at the snap of my fingers, but that's only so good. Like if you don't continue on through the, the hurdles, you're not going to build a big business. Yeah. So that was really for me. And I really took that, that role so purposefully in year one was like, this is actually the business where I'm going to... I'm going to build a really big business here. This brand is going to be extremely well known. I actually need to scaffold myself with support, with the tools, with the skills from the start. And I really focused on that in year one, as well as, you know, stepping into that apprentice and the student role of just like being the learner. Like, yes, I'm great at brand and what I do and I know what I'm amazing at, but I still was able to look at my my shortfalls and be like, what do I actually need to work on here? Mm, I think that's such an incredible thing. And even with you saying like, and we'll go into brand versus personal brand soon, but something you're speaking about is you wanted to have a personal brand. And that means in some level, you can't hide behind a faceless logo. You mm-hmm. know, it's like when you're the personal brand, you're the brand and you are visible. And that's why it's so important when you're wanting to build from that level that there are things where I know a huge thing we've worked through is visibility and stuff like that. So you can actually be seen, so you can feel safe to be authentically yourself self and um you know like there's just so much vulnerability which comes with building a personal brand over a a standard brand I believe but going into that I feel like for anyone listening the word brand gets thrown around all the fucking time like we've heard it before people and I feel like people have different perceptions of it I know some people hear brand and think branding Mm. when branding ties into brand all these kind of things but I would love to know how do you view brand? What's brand to you? And how does that differ from a personal brand? Mm, I love this question. And you're right. There's so many brand words. And then I throw branded into the mix. Yeah. So for me, when I look at brand from like a traditional sense, there's a few ways you can look at it, but it's really the, it's really the art of shaping perception. Like if you were to build a faceless brand, you kind of, you're building it from nothing. 
So in a way we get to kind of like, we, we shape perception of what we want people to think of the brand. And, and this is where you think about like target audience and things like that. So this comes down to how you want to position your copy, your messaging, your colors, and we're kind of, we're shaping the perception of the public so that they pick that product. So it's very much playing into the manipulation energy, which, you know, artists manipulate clay into sculpture. It's not necessarily a negative thing, which we know. But for me, brand is the the art of shaping perception on one hand. And then it's also, on the other hand, it's how people experience you or how people experience your products, experience your your business, your brand. Whereas personal brand for me, it's, it's in the name. It's all about the person. It's about the personality. It's, it's not only why people pick you as opposed to someone else, but what we actually have now in this, this day and age is personal brands are, be, are actually becoming the big brands that your standalone brand is now rivaling or your mm-hmm. traditional like celebrity or media network or whatever the piece is. They're now up against the personal brand, which holds so much power because the personal brand has the hardcore audience where people are like, I want to follow you. I want to buy the product from you, not from the comp- the faceless company. So it's just really interesting to see what's happening there. Yeah. And I really love this because this is something I've even witnessed in, um, we're now seeing it starting on a little bit of a um, different scale, but we, I've even witnessed this happen in celebrity culture, where if you look at celebrities, right, there's a celebrity that they're an actor and then there's a celebrity that a pers- is a personal brand. So you've got a lot of people that are just actors um, and then you've got ones that are like, no, it's you're, you're more than just a good actor or you're more than just a good singer. I would buy anything that you have to sell. So a prime example is Kim Kardashian, right? Personal brand. Another example is like The Rock. So Dwayne Johnson. So even with him, when he launched his tequila business and his energy drink business, within the sp- space of 12 months, his tequila company and his energy drink company was rivaling, you know, Red Bull and, and big players that have been in the industry for years and years and years. And within 12 months, he was already matching, if not, out earning them because he's built a personal brand. You know, he's not just someone who's in a movie or like whatever. It's really, really cool to witness. And now we're seeing it on the scale of influencers and things like that. You look at Uninspired Unemployed who started out on TikTok and they've just launched their beer and that's going phenomenally. Um, my fiance and my brother have just launched a brand, um, an alcohol RTD called G Up and it's just going phenomenally and it just blows up and you see these influencers come through. I would really just love to hear your perspective on what do you think is making personal brands so attractive for people and why is it and it's not even necessarily they're boycotting standard brands Mm. it's not it's not so much that but they're really getting magnetized and pulled towards personal brands where it's now if you're weighing up between let's just say you've got a makeup and there's something that's been around traditionally and it's a faceless brand versus this influencer brings out this makeup and you've got to choose people are really getting drawn to the, the personal one the one with the face and why do you I would really just love to know why you think that's happening so this is in a few parts if we kind of zoom out and see what's happened on the timeline what we have now is accessibility where you don't have to be the celebrity you don't have to have the network contract to get like the reality show and things like that it's literally in your pocket you can build a tiktok 
and in a couple of days, if whatever you could blow up, like that's literally what's happening. People say there's no overnight success. Well, in today's day and age, things are happening very quickly. So when I kind of look at what's happened on the timeline and why people are, are or consumers are consuming like this, I think it also comes down to the accessibility piece. And people now are more values-based, more wanting to purchase with people where they're feeling a connection. The connection is what traditional brands have always tried to do. They've tried to evoke emotion within an audience to make them purchase from them and things like that. But now with personal brands is you could literally be yourself doing whatever it is in your life, whether you walk your dogs, whether you do art and you're sharing that with your audience that audience is out there at your fingertips and they're getting magnetized towards you. So all you have to do is literally be yourself. And this is why I love the mindset work, be yourself and share that and build your business and brand. And you're going to magnetize that audience to you who wants to purchase from you. And this is where we're seeing the rise of, it doesn't matter what it is that is your thing. You could be a crochet obsessed and be the crochet queen of Instagram and people want your crochet patterns. They want your crochet hook that you release instead of going down to Target and buying whatever crochet hook. So I just think that people more so now than ever are purchasing more values-based, more interest-based, more I see you and I love you and I want to purchase from you versus how traditionally things have been done. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's like, there's always going to be a level of manipulation with brand period, right? But instead it does feel a little bit more authentic and organic as well in terms of the way in which you, and, and I mean manipulation in a positive word, but even the way in which we use brand and personal brand to manipulate things now, it doesn't, it feels different. It feels like there's a different texture. And I feel, you know, when we go back to fucking rage and TV hits and that era, I feel like there was a time where we were really taught what was cool, what to like. Like there was so much almost like conditioning and there was a lot of like the picture perfect model, the, the, the cool girl, the cool guy, like, um, you know, the muscle, the perfect body. Like it was very much like we looked up to when we idolized very much one singular mm-hmm. type of person. And I feel like what's been really cool to witness is as personal brands have come more into play, we're seeing people now starting to value people in their actual organic raw form, their authenticity, as opposed to a molded version. So even looking at recently, and I, I'm not sure if you've, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it's all over everywhere. And I can't even pronounce his name, but Louis Capaldi. Mm. The singer. The singer. And, you know, he just, he's just blown up all over TikTok Mm. because, you know, he's got Tourette's and he was singing on stage and he had a, had a Tourette's episode and the audience just sang for him why he took time and, and it was just really beautiful. And like, unfortunately, he's having to cancel his tour now. But, you know, we're seeing people where it's not just this really boxed in, person that people are following and I think that's so incredibly cool where it's like it doesn't matter now if someone has a disability or doesn't look perfect or speaks funny it's like even let's use my brother as an example right he's built a huge personal brand he swears he's a bogan and it's just like I really love that the rise of personal brands we are almost getting this like messy like Mm -hmm. imperfection which is really being cool to witness as well and I think what's attractive about this is it's actual imperfection it's actual authenticity not like this painted authenticity that we kind of saw a couple of years ago where people were kind of diving in on Instagram really pulling that authenticity like this is the messiness behind the scenes and I guess we were kind of playing with that for the first time coming out of a really perfect Instagram feed but this even goes back to like MySpace in my back in my day of MySpace everyone kind of took angles from like the same photos from the same angle it was like the MySpace angle but now we're seeing people actually play with like you just get to be you and that actually gets to be enough. Mm-hmm. And that's what's actually the most magnetic thing. And this is why I love mindset work because 
for me in business, what an opportunity for you to fall deeper in love with yourself, mm. to bring more of your personality through. And that's what has been my journey for me. Mm. I love this so much. I would love to chat about what's next in terms of, you know, picking your brain around. I know that you love to observe industry trends and, and you're very much always like watching how things are moving and stuff. Let's speak about brands that are going to continue to grow, excel, boom versus brands that are going to get, let's just say, left behind. Mm. What do you think is going to be the difference between those that are going to get left behind versus those that are just really going to continue to blow up in their space? From a brand perspective, the brands that don't realize that it's the rise of personal brand and they need to do something about that or bring real personality through. But if we're going to speak to the personal brand piece, it would be people that are getting caught up in the buzz of brand and thinking, I need to focus on my brand and my branding. But I think you can have a great brand, but a weak personal brand. Like I obviously love branding and the power of brand, but the most powerful thing you can do is build your personal brand. So that means bringing your personality through. But not only that, I think it's also thinking so much bigger than just what has been the norm in your industry. What's actually at our fingertips now is whatever you can imagine, you can actually create. And the Mm -hmm. people that actually think outside the box and get back to who they are at the same time and use that as a compass, they're going to be the ones that, that continue to rise, whether that's your products that you're offering, whether that's actually getting back to even more so who you are and what you want to be creating. So whatever that interest is, and it's obviously been called niche in the past. I don't really use the word niche. I think you can have a strong personal brand and specialize in certain things, but you don't have to kind of box yourself into the niche thing. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah, so I think it's just firstly going inwards and then bringing that inwards out and mm. then continuing to innovate and get creative and just try new things. And, and the way that things are happening now, the biggest thing that's happening is the speed of tech. So we're seeing it with the rise of AI. We're seeing it with ChatGTP and things like that. As humankind is, like we're evolving at such a rapid rate that what's even more important now than ever with the rise of AI, you know, you know, when you see something, it's like, is this real or is this AI? Mm. I think as humans, we're getting back to this part of like, almost like this safety part of like, who can I believe? Who can I trust? Is going to be an undercurrent here. So they're going to really connect with the brands that they feel are actually real, authentic, and all of those kinds of pieces would mm. be like the core of the important part of like building a strong personal brand. Mm. So for someone listening right now and they're like, okay, I'm fucking sold. Personal brand, it's the way to go. What the fuck does that even look like in terms of building one? So if someone's just sitting there and they're like, they want to start working on a personal brand, what are some things that you feel that people can do from a, from a practical level that actually allows people to feel and like that personal element and for a personal brand to kind of come to fruition? Yep. So I would kind of audit what you're currently doing and being like, am I, where am I kind of following suit with what's just the standard in my industry? And while sometimes we want to like be like, go with the standard of things. Like if you want to run a masterclass, run a masterclass. But like, if you kind of audit your Instagram and being like, where am I just focusing or where have I built my business? And it's kind of like, just a, just like everyone else's business or my brand is just kind of like everyone else's brand. Or maybe I've used a template And I can get a little bit more creative for my branding and things like that and kind of bringing it, firstly, shaking up what you're currently doing and thinking outside the box and then bringing it back to who you are. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk about sewing, talk about sewing. If you want to like bring more of your personality and more of your interests through would be like the starting point. So that your audience, like we have so, I mean, it depends on what your industry is, but we have so many options now 
Like mm. I don't believe in oversaturation, but I believe in the reality that there's more businesses now more than ever. Mm. So what's actually going to make you stand out for people is to build a business and a brand that's forged from within and then attract those people to you. So I would start with those pieces. Mm. Yeah. This is so fucking cool. And I'm going to completely pivot direction here for a moment now. So you shared at the start that you have two beautiful children and you actually launch Brandette pregnant. Yes. <laughs> Heavily. Can you tell us, first of all, tell us about, tell us about launching Brandette whilst heavily pregnant. What, what even, what was that like for you? Okay. So to set the scene, we had come out of, um, this is still very much, we weren't sure if we're going to be thrown back into lockdowns. Yeah. Like we're in Melbourne, like they were brutal 5k lockdowns. Um, so we'd kind of come out, oh, coming out of lockdowns. And we also got told we had to move house. Our landlords were selling. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm meant to home birth here. We had the midwives booked and everything. So we had to find a house. Thankfully, we found the most stunning home. It was out of our um, budget, but we went for it anyway. And we got it. And I was just like so excited. But we'd moved house. And I kind of played with this concept of brandette, um, but I realized it needed to be a personal brand and I wanted to do coaching. And I was like, not even calling myself a coach yet. I was like, I run workshops at the start. But the catalyst for it was I booked into the discovery code. And I was, I think it was something like $1,500 at the time. It was one of your first rounds and I'd missed the first round. And I was like, I should have done it. I needed that. And I booked in, I wasn't going to miss again. And I remember going to Brad and I was like, we just moved house. We'd, you know, the bond and all the rest of it. We had midwives bills to pay and I was like, I'm actually, I'm going to book the discovery code, but like, I've got this, like, don't worry, I'm going to make up, you know, the money at this stage. I wasn't, at this stage, I wasn't working. So I booked the discovery code and I was like, fuck, okay, all in on Brandette. Like I launched that day and I had, um, I had some clients that have kind of like, or some people that had followed my journey up until now had booked into a workshop with me. So that was really exciting. And I was 33 weeks pregnant and then, yeah, I'd, suddenly I'd launched this business and I knew that it was now or never. Like if I waited until after the baby came, even though it wasn't my first rodeo, I didn't know if I was going to get a baby that slept or not. Like I didn't mm. know what was happening. If I didn't go now, it could be two years before I finally did the thing. It had already been so long, me wanting to kind of do it. I launched Brandette and then things kind of got a little bit wild very quickly. And I put this down to my, my branding skills as one part of it and my skills in general, but also I was talking about a new kind of conversation as well, speaking to brand when a lot of people were speaking to mindset and business. And yeah, things went boom, so much so that there was so much adrenaline in my business. There were sales popping off. I feel like there was so much adrenaline in my body that my body couldn't relax in a way. And Bowie ended up being 13 days past her due date. Mm. So she was... 10 pounds, three or four. I can't remember how much. She was a big bubba. She was a little chunk. I feel like she was. This beautiful little chunk. And she, I feel like because my body couldn't release that oxytocin because there was so much excitement in my mm-hmm. business. I was a couple of months in. I was doing like like high, high cash months. And it was, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, Brad, you're going to have to retire. Like you're going to have to be with the babes because like yeah. I've got like this business now. And I remember being in the discovery code and I birthed like halfway through the program. But one of the last... I was like two weeks overdue with Bowie and I remember I was on a live call with you and I'd fallen asleep. I just listening to your voice like it must have serenaded me to sleep and I woke up and the call was like off. I was like oh damn I missed the discovery code but it's just so funny to like think back to that period and then I obviously had a beautiful home birth with the midwives and then I kind of had a couple of weeks off. Bowie was a cruiser and I threw myself back into work. Bowie being a cruiser is a fucking understatement. 
She is the craziest. She's the real MVP. She is literally, she's such a joy as well. And like this baby, like at four months old, I took her on your mastermind retreat. She came with us. Like I flew with her on the plane and, and I baby wore her through the retreat. So it's like I, on one step, on one hand, I'm like, wow, I did that like with a four month old. And on the other hand, I'm like, she was also really cruisy. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't my first time. Yeah. So even speaking in, and I'm so glad we just went there because that's kind of where I wanted to go. So obviously, four months old, you bought Bowie on my mastermind retreat. You navigated that so beautifully, coming in, being present, leaving gracefully to breastfeed if you needed to, all things like that. And then fast forward, um, how old was Bowie on the frequency retreat? She'd just turned one. Yep. So you brought Brad along and you guys booked a separate accommodation. Yep. You stayed the whole fam separate accommodation so that, you know, you could go ta- like kind of tap in and tap out of that retreat. But really, and I know that you got some reflections at that retreat of women just witnessing you in not how easy you made parenting. Cause that's not the right word. Cause I don't want to imply that that was easy for you, but you made it seem like it was doable. And I feel like a lot of women left that retreat with a lot of hope for what parenting got to be. And I think a lot of women dissolved a lot of things witnessing you where they almost had wounds around parenting and what, and almost fears around parenting. You know, there are a lot of women that aren't mothers yet and were so scared of losing attachment to their business and what that would mean for their business. And then witnessing you, oh my gosh, she's doing it both. So I would just love to open up a conversation. What has that looked like? Because It's not just, I don't want to ask anyone around parenting and running a business. I want to ask someone that I know is an incredibly present mother. And I know that for a fact, who is very, very, a very conscious parent and very intentional. And you can put equal amount of intentionality into your business. And I really do see that you do both so beautifully. So I would love to hear your perspective. What has it looked like for you to navigate doing both of those? I think if we go back to the retreat, like the frequency retreat, it was definitely very ambitious of me to do it, but I'm also like, I'm an ambitious person in the way mm. I'm like, I think I landed in like audacious, like I have the audacity to actually do this. And that's just actually who I am. Um, I think for me, like, yes, it was a struggle. I remember driving back from the retreat to go breastfeed Bowie and it was 18, 18 minute drive. And I was like, oh my gosh, she was also like, her, she was teething. It was like a really difficult time for her. But I think for me, what I realized is I just have perseverance. It's like, you just you get through it. You're, you're parenting and you're running a business and that's just two parts of you and you just happen to do both. If I wasn't running my business, I would still be thinking about those things. I just wouldn't be making money. I would still be like off trying to like design things and, and innovate and stuff like that. But now I have this focused place to do all of those things. And I think something that I kind of really landed in, and I know I kind of even spoke to you about this, was not not almost like milking it or making it seem harder than it was for my audience so I could get that praise and validation. Mm. I kind of clocked this very early on. And what I had, had had landed in at the end of the her frequency retreat was really like, I don't want to have the conversation that it's some big hard thing. While it's true that like, yes, and it obviously... I hope people holding the most generous interpretation of me here. I get that motherhood can be very difficult as well. And it depends on your, your support network and things like that. But I actually didn't want to add to the conversation of making it seem like some unattainable thing, because truthfully for me, it's just two parts of who I am. And when I, sometimes when I get praised for, oh my gosh, you're doing motherhood and business at the same time, you're a superwoman. I, it feels almost like, yes, praises can be awesome, but it's like, I'm getting praised for something that's just who I am mm. as if like, 
an Olympic runner ran like a everyday person's race and won. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's just who I am. And I didn't want to add to the conversation that it was unattainable because I actually think, and especially it depends on the person that you are, but I'm just an entrepreneur. I'm never mm. going to stop. Mm. And, I, and I'm a mom. So it's like, that actually gets to be both things. And they've also been the, the biggest gift. Like Willow, she's six. Some of the questions she asks me, she's like, what's a brand? And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I explain this to a six-year-old? And I explain it in a really simple sentence. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like worth money. If you can yeah, simplify something a for a six, I know. Yeah. So she loves Brandette. She loves helping me with things. You saw her sing like the happy first birthday for Brandette cake video. And mm. yeah, honestly, they've just been the biggest gift. I learned so much from my business that I bring into motherhood and I learned so much from motherhood that I bring into my business and it's just who I am. So Mm. it's not going to like go anywhere. Oh my gosh. I just, I I love all of that. And I think that was such a beautiful response and especially the part around when you get praise for something, which for you, you actually just want to be normalized. Mm. And it's like the equivalent of, um, I've seen a lot of conversations happening when men get praise for being Mm. helpful dads or hands-on dads. Like, oh my gosh, you're such a hands-on dad. And it's like, no, I'm just a dad, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's really interesting. So I think that's such a, a beautiful thing where you look at, well, what do I want it to be normalized? I want it to be normalized that I actually can do both. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that to be a, a, a big deal. And equally, you can be proud of yourself that you're doing both, but yep. it's not from a state of kind of, like you said, it's not from ego validation. It's not from, you know, getting like all of that external stuff. It's it's just like, yeah, it's no different to you would praise yourself for any growth you've had or anything that you're doing really well, which is cool. So I have loved this episode. I feel like we've gone into lots of juice, personal brands, all the things, parenting. Um, but I would love to know what have you got coming up and where can people find you? Okay, so you guys can find me on Instagram, obviously at Brandette. And coming up, I have, I'm actually launching a tech company, a tech platform. I don't know if you've had a little stalky stalk of my Instagram. I haven't seen it. Oh this. my gosh. So basically it's taking the concept of the LinkedIn bio, but making an aesthetic vibe. So I'm, yeah. I'm launching this um, company that's a, technically like a tech company, but I'm going to approach this as a, a way that I can show brand building. I'm not approaching it as a building a tech company. I'm building it as a coveted brand. So I'm going to do something really cool in there. Um, it's called Pink Link which is very like ties in with Brandette, which is exciting. So yeah, I've got that. I've got my podcast launching Digital Muse, which you're going to be a guest on, which is really exciting as well. So lots always happening in my world. And yeah, if you're wanting to dive into online business building and brand, that's where you can kind of get it. I love that. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me.